1: Welcome back my loyal listeners. This is episode 10 of Shoes Wrestling Podcast and this week we've got the host of What A Day, Joe Lowry on the show. Joe is a big wrestling fan. We talk about how he started watching wrestling, his favourite match types, which companies he like watching, a bit of history about wrestling, especially when he was watching it in the early 80s, just a bit before my time. Joe hosts the show What A Day. He talks about news, sports especially the sports teams in Boston. So we don't just talk about wrestling this week, we go into other subjects and topics. It was brilliant to get another interview stateside as well. I like it, I like it a lot. It's just cool to get a broadcaster on, you know, get their uh, spin on the business. Because that's what we're about with Stu's Wrestling Podcast. We're looking for different types of guests, not just wrestlers. We want all the personalities who are involved in the business. So, without further ado, here we go. Episode 10, Stu's Wrestling Podcast. With Joe day Lowry. Enjoy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are on episode ten, and it is my great pleasure to be on the line to Joe Lowry, the host of What a Day. What a day, Joe. Hey there, what a day, Stewie. Glad to be on the show today. Thank you for coming on. It means a lot to me. Yeah. I know you're busy. This is great. You you sparing no, no, I appreciate it. you sparing some time to come on, it's just it's brilliant. I, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Right, Joe, are we ready? Excellent. I'm ready. Can I fire away? You
0: can fire as you will.
1: Right, I'm going to start off with uh, wrestling. And uh, I just want to know when you began watching wrestling. Okay, awesome. Um, great story,
0: actually, with that. I became a fan of uh, wrestling back in the summer of um, 1981, believe it or not. I was actually doing a paper route for a friend of mine, a neighbor who was away. And, of course, at the end of the week, you have to go around collecting money for the newspaper. And it was uh, a Saturday morning where I had to go up the street and collect money from this lady. And as I rang the doorbell and knocked on the door, um, I heard this loud commotion going on in the living room. I heard a boisterous voice. A lot of fans screaming, and I looked inside the um, screen door, and I could see this ring and a bunch of crazy guys running around the ring. And as soon as the lady answered the door, my only question was to her was, hey, how did you, um, what what are you watching? And she goes, that's wrestling. And I immediately uh, collected the money, and I ran home, and my Saturday mornings changed forever right there. And that match that turned out to be that she was watching was Tony Gurria and Rick Martel versus the... Um, fabulous moon dogs of all things, and it was a chaotic match. A lot of craziness was going on, and I fell in love with the sport right then and there, and I was a fan ever since. That's, so it's a good, it's a good story. I like to share.
1: <laughs> that's cool, man. It's obviously it's it's a little bit earlier than when I got into it because I I started in ninety ninety ninety. But no, no I want it. I want to hear like your experiences, especially from the early eighties, because it was an era. It was before I was born, so it'd be cool to get yeah. your. Cool to get your thoughts on uh, the early, you know, the early 80s. Yep. um, You know, obviously, back in the early 80s, no internet, no social media whatsoever.
0: So basically, you were regulated to whatever programming you got on Saturday mornings, which to me was WWF back then. Now it's WWE, of course. And they came to the Boston Garden. They went to all the major arenas only once a month. So for me to watch Saturday morning wrestling to keep up with the storylines and so forth, and then we lived for that one Saturday a month where we'd go to the Garden and watch all our favorite heroes, whether it was Bob Backlund, Tito Santana, Pedro Morales, Greg Valentine, all the legends uh, back in action back in the day. And it was really exciting. And another thing that I uh, learned was um, the second Tuesday of every month, there were wrestling magazines that were published. And I became a huge fan of that Um Bill Actor, who was probably the one taking all the pictures back then for these wrestling magazines, who I'm now friends with, is actually my mentor now. Um, he, I just got involved with collecting wrestling magazines back in the day because that was our internet. If I wanted to know what was going on in Georgia or Florida or Texas or California in the old AWA, NWA days, get by the wrestling magazines. And that's kind of how that got me further into the sport. So I was exposed to that. Um, and then... When the cable revolution hit, TBS was now being shown in my house. And my Saturday nights changed because from 6.05 to 8.05 p.m., I was regulated to um, NWA programming, Georgia Championship Wrestling. So I was getting my fix, you know, pretty good on Saturdays. And another local station started carrying um, world-class championship wrestling from Texas. So I got a good dose of wrestling every weekend when it was on. And then, of course, the once-a-month uh, uh Johns to the Boston Garden were just very, very popular back in the day. I mean, there were about twenty thousand fans of these shows every month. It was fantastic. It's a great time to be a fan before all the social media and the internet
1: it took place. I can well imagine, mate. I can well imagine, and uh, mm. I think I think those days, even going back to like when I was watching, I think it was sure. it was better. I think that way, the print media and then obviously just your TV. Um, in my in my opinion, I think there's too much emphasis now on what's going on backstage. A lot of a lot of, right. ru- a, lot of yeah. a lot of rumor, which half the time isn't true anyway.
0: Right, right, right. It was
1: very well protected, wasn't it? Yeah, they protect the cafe
0: back then. I remember, you know, as a kid, um, my favorite wrestler was Magnificent Morocco. I loved that guy. Something about him, just the way he wrestled, and really, he was a bad guy, the villain, and all that stuff. When these guys entered the Boston Garden to come into the and back then you had to go through the crowds to get to the locker room they played their role to a T they would hit you they would push you out of the way if they were the bad guy if they were the good guy they'd be shaking your hands and high-fiving you they didn't break their kayfabe whatsoever back then and that's what I loved about it because that's, that's what made you fall in love with the sport to know that these guys were really vicious in real life you know or they were really good guys and so forth so it was, it was a great time to be fan
1: back then cool man um so obviously you went to shows in in boston so was it just yeah. um was it just wwf that came up here uh, up there say sorry i say here up there say it again did they was it just wwf that came into boston or did you get nwa as well you know at like live events
0: well, here's what happened. WWF was pretty much all of the Northeast. It was capital wrestling promotion
1: that Vince McMahon bought it. Yeah. And they
0: started going worldwide. Once he started invading the territories, around 1985, a small outfit um, took a bunch of old um, wrestlers from the WWF, not WWE, of course, um, and, and developed what they called, they called it Pro Wrestling USA. Right. It was headed up by like Sergeant Slaughter, Ric Flair and those guys. And they – I think they got as close as New Jersey at the Meadowlands where they had a car. They never made it to Massachusetts. Yeah. But I do recall fans from Massachusetts driving to New Jersey because that was the first time ever that the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, probably since the 50s, actually ventured outside of New York City into New Jersey. So that was a big deal. All the wrestling magazines covered it. Um, So that was a big deal. And then as the 80s went on, you started getting – when Ted Turner bought WCW and all that and changed the name, he moved, they started pushing shows. Yeah. I think there was, um, Monday Nitro was actually at the garden one time. So a lot of people were, um, you know, flocking to those shows, but Vince kind of still had a, a real control on it. Just like he does with Madison square garden. Um, he kind of had his, he had his teeth in the northeast because it was his home, you know, so yeah. we didn't get too much live action back then, but when it came
1: around, it was pretty popular. I can well imagine, I could obviously been to shows, but yeah. oh, what a, what a time, I wish, <laughs> I wish I was around when that was all going on, you know.
0: Yeah, it was a good time, it was a great time to fit, and like I said, it was before the internet, so you got what you saw, you know, there was no backstage, um, anything going on, you didn't know anybody's personal lives, you didn't yeah. know what was happening. So what you got was real. It was what it was, and it was a great time. I mean, I mean, the crowds back then were just incredible. I mean, twenty thousand people on a random Saturday night—it was just incredible watching the matches. It was just unbelievable.
1: Proper, proper fans from your end as well. Stonch. Oh yeah, oh
0: yeah. Staunch, yeah, staunch wrestling old, fans. Yeah, the old, the, the old adage was the streets of Boston were safe that night. Because all the crazies were at the God- Boston Conference
1: watching <laughs> wrestling. Oh my! Oh, brilliant! Uh, you've obviously you've obviously said that you like magnificent Morocco, Don Morocco. Who else? Yeah. Who else did you gravitate to? Whether it be heel or face? Who did you? Who did you like to see?
0: Um, I, I was at the beginning. Believe it or not, he was just as popular as a Hulk Hogan. And I have to say this because, to me, growing up, Bob Backlund was very, very popular. Um, it wasn't until right before Hogan showed up that the fans kind of figured out that they could root for whoever they wanted, no matter what. So Bob Backlund was a big guy, a very popular guy growing up. Pedro Morales, obviously, he's been around since the 60s and 70s. He was always a big attraction. Personally, my favorites besides Morocco, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Um, he was a, a great athlete. Um he really could. He, Bob Backlund didn't even have to be on the show; he could sell out the show just being on there as well. Um, and then Killer Khan—he was—he was a mainstay around here. You know, he's the one that broke Andre the Giant's ankle, so I feared him. God, when he used to come into the garden, people used to run away from him. Really? That's how scary he was when he came in. It was incredible. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. He, they played their. They played their roles pretty good.
1: So, uh, you know, that it made me the fan I am today. You know. So, mm-hmm. Don't get that. Just don't get that these days. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking the modern product. I do. I do enjoy it. But yeah, yeah it's, it's just strange. that. I get you. It's just that mystique. Like you're saying, there's a myst- there was a mystique to it, wasn't there? Right. It, it, like you said, it's, it's
0: not sports. It, it wasn't sports entertainment back then. It was. It was considered, um, you know, a soap opera slash athlete slash whatever. And you know, nowadays a sports the sports entertainer. Could be five foot nine and you know 100 less than 200 pounds which is probably everyday average human being now back then i don't think the smallest wrestler was under six foot two 250. these guys were enormous in size yeah. So when they walked in they, they were larger than life creatures and you know they were very influential on children growing up and teenagers and you know even young adults people loved it back then they were larger than life Andre the giant look at him seven foot four 500 pounds you saw him coming a mile away. You ran. he was huge.
1: <laughs> absolutely, Abs- yeah. absolutely, man. Um, what, what, uh, what were your favourite matches of all time? I think I'll just extend off the characters, and then yeah, what, which matches? Which—that's
0: oh, an you... easy one. Okay, S- steel cage, steel cage matches were the best. Right. Okay. They—they um, they ended the feuds. They dictated who was number one. Back then, there was a lot of juice, aka blood flowing so I mean some of the matches I could I remember I mean I sat ringside and you know had blood spilled on me a few matches it just it was it was the way the sport was run back then you know Roddy Piper against Bruno Martino in February of 85 you know we had just lost the Super Bowl to the Chicago Bears and out comes Roddy Piper to fight Bruno and he hangs up Chicago Bear post oh. all over the cage and Bruno comes out and just beats and annihilates him and you can actually see this on the network in in YouTube as well Roddy Piper does his blade job that just I mean it's reminiscent of the Slaughter um, Pat Patterson match can't match there from 1981 it was just it was bloody it was bloody and vicious and got the crowd going 20,000
1: strong cheering them on so you'll have to send me that one Joe oh yeah (laughs) with Piper because I've never I've never actually seen it uh, truth be told yeah That's a good
0: one. February of 85. Unbelievable. It was an unbelievable match.
1: Which, uh, now, obviously, we've talked about match types, but what were your favourite matches looking back? Maybe like your top five matches of all time. Top five. Okay. Definitely have to go
0: with uh, Snooker Morocco Cage when uh, Jimmy Snooker jumped off the cage.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, That was huge. Mick Foley was in attendance at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Um, I would I would say that one because he did actually hit Morocco with it, but uh, two years prior he did fight backlund snook a spot backlund in the cage and he jumped off and missed him. That's how he lost the match. Um, that's another mo- one of my favorites. I would really have to say um, my greatest match that I witnessed while well, saw in um, pay per view had to have been um, Randy the Macho Man Savage versus Rick Steamboat WrestleMania three. I mean, I think they had more than a hundred pinfall attempts in that match, and that was unheard of back then. Um, if you ever get a chance to look at that on the network or on online, definitely that was a, a top it was top brilliant. match there because it was just epic um, to see. You know, ninety three thousand fans, and you know everybody was there to see
1: Hogan versus Andre, but they stole the show. There was no doubt about it; they yeah, stole man. the show. those
0: uh, people that was incredible. And-
1: that's what people forget, isn't it? Piper, not Piper, uh, yeah. Steamboat and Savage, because uh, you had Hogan yeah. and Andre, and then, yeah, I know it's been said time and time again on the documentaries and that, but that was the match of the night, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Was,
0: they stole the show. Nobody could keep up with it after that. It was two athletes, perfect. It was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the it reminded me of the Flair Steamboat Wars. Every time they wrestled, it was a, it was a classic. These two wrestled. Um, they didn't really wrestle very much um, after that, which I thought was weird. Um, but they definitely had lightning in the bottle that night. They, they really tore it up. 93,000 fans, people at home. I was screaming. I had a whole house full of people, and the match was unbelievable. Why? So that that's one, yep.
1: Why, oh, yeah. Why do you reckon they didn't carry the feud, on? What do you reckon?
0: Um, I think Steamboat had some issues. Um, when he won the Intercontinental title, I, I know this from now, I think there were some issues with him I want to say his son was born he wanted to take time off so yeah. they didn't allow it and he lost the intercontinental title later on and then up, obviously from there you know we went on to the WCW yeah. um, to carry on his feud with um, Flair but um, it was it was just that you know a lot of people rolled in and out of the WWF now WWE back then because it was big money back then Vince had good contracts but they worked a lot. Um, You know, I read Bobby the Brain Heenan's book one time in, um, I don't know if you remember uh, the summer of 86 when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah, Um, obviously. That
0: that, that feud was so hot that Bobby the Brain Heenan wrote in his book that on any given weekend, Saturday or Sunday, they couldn't do this during the week because, you know, the cards, they would wrestle in Nassau, New York on, in New York on Saturday night. They would leave the arena with a police escort in their wrestling uniform, hop a, hop a private jet that Vince um, rented, be in Chicago in time for intermission to have a show there, and they would end up in L.A. at the end of the night to to cap off the night there. They would wrestle three times a night, twice a weekend. And that's how that's how overworked these guys were. That's how yeah. popular they were. So I think that wears, that, that wears you down. There's no doubt about it. I think Steamboat at the time was probably... Getting into the family business and all that stuff, and he, you know, he just yeah. had to take a step back. Which, that's probably what happened. That's why that feud didn't go far. So,
1: which is understandable, you know.
0: Sure. Oh yeah.
1: So. Oh, yeah. And he and then obviously he went into he, he went on to have the matches with Flair, didn't he? So it was.
0: Oh yeah, you yeah, had a whole bunch of the Chai Town Rumble and all those matches. Sure, they were classics. Yep.
1: It's a good good move for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great move. <laughs> now he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I did see him on the street in Atlanta WrestleMania week, uh, but I just couldn't. I didn't want to like, you know, stop him from crossing the road. I could have. I could have spoke. To, right. I could have spoke to him, but I just. Do you know what Joe? I thought I'll just leave him, leave him well alone. Yeah. He's crossing the there street. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to mive him. So uh, that yeah. was that.
0: Well, that's good. Some people are not like that. They'll just accost him anywhere. So I've seen fans like that too. So, but hey, it is what it is nowadays. I guess.
1: Yes. It's just knowing your time when to do it. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah.
1: I'm res- be be respectful. They're human beings at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's for sure. That's it. That's awesome.
1: Um, I'm trying to think because I'm not because i have not written anything down. I'm trying to think what to ask you. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. I can cut. I can. I can add it anyway. It's fine. Sure, that's fine. If that's okay with you, that's perfect. It will. It will sound. It. it will sound brilliant. I'm telling you. Awesome awesome um which what that's a good question actually what was what was your favorite or is your favorite wrestlemania
0: oh my favorite wrestlemania
1: or or name a few well
0: i mean all right i gotta tell you the story i know i I have stories but this is how big of a fan i was and uh, you know everybody that i tell it to says you gotta you gotta share your story now when I was into wrestling, I was into wrestling. I was addicted to wrestling. I had pictures and posters everywhere. So when WrestleMania One came out, you had to it wasn't on pay per view. You had to go to the garden, buy a ticket, and watch it on a big screen. That's it was called closed circuit television back then. That's how they did it before pay per view came around. So WrestleMania was the first WrestleMania was held on uh, Sunday afternoon, which is a weird time. So I was 14, 15 years old at the time, and I usually play street hockey with my buddy friends on Sunday, and that day I told my parents, yeah, I'm going to go play street hockey, I'll be back in a couple of hours. So what I did was I grabbed my hockey stick and I walked down the street and I ditched my hockey stick, I take a train in the box and I scalp a ticket for 20 bucks and I go and watch Wrestlemania and you know the, back then wrestlemania only lasted about two two and a half hours they had like 10 matches it was quick you know hogan and mr t and snooker beat everybody and piper and orton and orndorff yeah and as i was when i was leaving the arena a local tv station channel five was interviewing people and they interviewed me and they asked me what i thought of wrestlemania i thought it was great it was the best thing called hogan won he's awesome and i go home um you know couple hours later and you know we're sitting down for family dinner and the phone starts ringing and they're like oh that was great to see Joey on TV and all that and my parents are looking at me like what are you doing on TV I thought you went to play street hockey and I you know I got busted there I told them no I actually went in town to watch Wrestlemania and all that stuff and you know they kind of laughed and chuckled and you know that's how big of a fan I was because I knew nobody wanted to go see it with me so I just had to Go ahead and sneak in town and uh, watch it. So I always like to tell that story. So that WrestleMania 1, the beginning for me has always been uh, yeah. is a soft spot in my soft spot in my heart. But um, I would have to go, I mean, the, all the WrestleMania, I mean, geez. WrestleMania 14 for me, I was there live at the Fleet Center, Stone Cold beat, um, uh, what do you call it, HBK for the title. Yeah. That was a great match. It was. Um, and then, of course... Mike Tyson rips off the shirt, and he's actually with Stone Cold, so it was kind of neat because um, he did the face turn there and everything. And then I would have to say, I mean, I mean, I love – I want to say it's WrestleMania 2000, I think it was, the TLC match with the Dudley yep. boys, the
1: Edge, and the, and the um, Hardy boys. And, and I, uh, watched over and over. Yeah. I watched that match over and over. And I watched that match over and over. And I have people that don't watch
0: wrestling that come over to watch that match, and they just – to this day, they're flabbergasted at the moves they did. The spear off the ladder – um, that that that's that's some serious stuff there. I mean, I, I like those WrestleManias
1: as well. So that 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 one stands out to me. It was a it was a superb card that one. Yeah, Abs- yep, it was absolutely. Great. I,
0: it was Field. I want to say Safe Field or whatever it was too, but it was it was awesome. It was unbelievable.
1: It's cool, man. It's cool. Um, right, you obviously love wrestling, but mm-hmm. you, but your show, you obviously you're a broadcaster and you. Do other sports, don't you? Especially Boston teams. So, go elaborate on that. What you do,
0: okay? Well, uh, basically, I've been broadcasting for a while now. I got away from it and I got back into it. And with the power of social media now, I decided to develop a, a page, a Facebook page, YouTube page called Joe Lowry's What a Day. Now, what a day comes from when I was a little kid, a lot of kids get nervous around people, and some people shy away, some kids don't say anything. I used to say nervously, what a day, okay. um, and then people would just start talking, it would relieve the tension Whether they were talking about sports, weather, news, you name it, how their lives are, both good and bad. I just always said, what a day. It was just my way of saying hi. So it's carried on throughout the year, so I developed the show, What a Day, and what a day is exactly what it's about. Now, living in the Boston area, how can you not talk about Boston sports? We are obviously championship town here with the Red Sox, uh, Bruins, Celtics. Obviously, the New England Patriots. Yeah. So, so believe it or not, sports and weather really dominate the news around here. Um, you know, it's not unlikely that they'll interrupt the show around here and talk about something that's going on with with one of the sports. You know, whether it be the Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. Um, you know, that type of thing So I kind of, um, I throw my sports in there I throw in some tidbits that nobody's heard of um, You know, this past year I broke a story That the Oscars was going to be without a host And I first put that out there Nobody believed me And then all of a sudden the Oscars went hostless So everyone's like retracting that saying, "Oh, Joe reported that a month ago So, you know, it's, it's little things like that I like to touch base upon it, it, What a day means anything It can mean anything at What's going on at, the, at any given moment
1: it's cool, man. The, or- the origins of what a day. I like it. Yeah. I like it that a lot. It. <laughs> what uh, a do, day. Do you, get, do you get to many of the sporting events? Obviously, because you cover, cover the teams.
0: Oh, yeah. I've been to the, uh, hundreds of Red Sox, hundreds of Patriots, hundreds of Bruins games. Um, last year was a great season for the Bruins, even though they lost in game seven. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Patriots winning it all. Uh, been to a couple of games there. Uh, Red Sox, you know, with their championship victories last year, we went to a couple of games against the Yankees last year. We go to a lot. Um, it's hard not to because people have season tickets or they have tickets and not everybody can get to the game. So you always pick up a ticket here and there. Um, so, it, it, you know, it's, it's a fun hub to be in, you know, especially when all three teams are playing at once. It's usually in October. Yeah. You know, obviously the Red Sox might not make the playoffs this year, but last October was brilliant. My what-a-days consisted of Bruins – Patriots um Bruins Patriots and Red Sox and even if you go deep enough into the month of October you get Celtics so you get four professional teams playing at once that's unheard of in some spots of the country over it, here in the so, you know it is. and you know some people love us and you
1: know some people hate us <laughs> tell you, you a
0: lot of people have it have it out against us they don't like the us winning ways but you know I'm a firm believer I grew up when all my teams were in last place and everybody else was winning like Dallas San Francisco and New York and all those teams. Atlanta and now it's our turn and I'm relishing it. You know, 20 years of Tom Brady. Who can't get enough of Tom Brady? Still, I mean, we're going for number one. We're going for number seven this year. Come on,
1: <laughs> still going strong, Joe. Yeah,
0: the older he, he gets, he's a machine. That's for sure. He is a machine.
1: <laughs> he, he's he's very very good. I'm not I'm not a big NFL fan. Any uh, NHL, love it. Okay, uh, I was. <laughs> Did a few NBA games when we were over at WrestleMania, but I'm more—I prefer—I prefer prefer the hockey out of everything these days. Okay. So uh, I I follow the Dallas Stars.
0: Awesome! Awesome! Now you know. Now, I think the Red Sox and the Yankees played in London this year, didn't they? Yes. It was at the I know, I know that's not too far from I know it's a little far from you, but I know that the NFL has definitely got a London series coming up again. The uh, um
1: the, the baseball the baseball went down very, very well uh, this year at yep. the Olympic Stadium. Yep, I uh,
0: saw that. So that was pretty cool. So you guys are getting a taste of it over there. So it should be, you know, hopefully you turn some fans on.
1: They need uh, they need to do a London franchise, I think.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, the time difference, you know, it doesn't seem as bad as everyone once thought it was. Yeah. I mean, if you guys play in the afternoon or... I mean, personally, what I love about football in London, to be honest with you, is on Sunday when they have it, they get up in the morning, there's football on, there's football on the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it's, it's, you know, breakfast with, you know, with football and dinner with football and lunch in between. So it's great when they have those series
1: over there, so... I like that. That's cool, man. They did. They, they, I, I really, I can see it happening. Um, yeah, I, I really can. I don't know how far off that'll be, but there's, there's the market over here for it. So, oh, definitely, definitely. They're, they're smart. They
0: know what they're doing. So, you guys will get another taste of it. And probably more games will go over there. I'd like it. I'd actually like to attend a game over there. That'd be kind of neat.
1: Just to uh, extend off uh, what a day you, you cover um, <laughs> entertainment news as well, don't you?
0: Yep, I try to cover if something big's happening. I mean, I'm not like a, um, if, if something is really out there, um, I'll try to I'll try to throw it on my show. Like, I don't like to do all the gossipy stuff and everything like that because everyone gets a hold of that. Um, but, like, the other day I found out, I didn't even know this John Cougar Mellencamp and Meg Ryan are actually engaged to be married. I had no clue that was happening. Um, I didn't even know they were together. So I kind of broadcasted that, and I just got so many hits on my website and everything. And people were just like, oh, my God, I didn't know they were getting together. She went on a um, talk show a couple weeks ago and said she plans on getting married. And they were like, who are you engaged to? Nobody knew they were engaged. And, he, you know, here's a, a rock icon and a, and a famous actress put together. and Nobody knew it. So, you know, I'll cover something, you know, odd like that. But I don't like to cover all the, the, the you know, the gossipy stuff and all that because everybody has that. So I like to be a little bit different. <laughs>
1: I like the uh, I like the birthdays when you post them as well. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that, that, that started out. I want to say started out late last year. Um, you know, I, I kind of like I'll just pick a handful of birthdays. A lot of people like it because some people lose track of who these people are or don't know. Like Macaulay Culkin's birthday was the other day. You know, Home Alone's getting big again because they're going to remake it. Um, so that's a big deal. So I put him on there, and just like little shows from the past, like today's James Bond, Barbara Box's uh, birthdays, So you know whatever happened to her, you know, and I, I kind of put that out there. So a lot of people like that. So I just do that for the fans.
1: It's really cool, man. I, I was I was going through like literally all the birthdays on your page. <laughs> yeah. It was I, yeah. I loved I loved it. It's, it's brilliant, great, great addition to it to the page. You know,
0: it gives it something. It's funny because, I, to be honest with you, I get, a, I get so many hits off it. Facebook's telling me how my uh, posts are doing And 90% of the time, it's the birthday posts people love. You know, 200 people to commented or three, and I'm like, oh, my God, people really like these birthdays.
1: I guess they like them, so I'll keep doing them. <laughs> going to keep doing it, Joe. I tell you.
0: That's it. I'll keep doing it.
1: <laughs> we love it. Um, right, I'm going to go back to wrestling now. Uh awesome. what- what are your thoughts on the the product now, whether it be WWE, obviously AEW's getting a lot of press and they've got a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Uh, even yep. even NXT and Ring of Honor. What, what, oh, your, yeah. what are your thoughts on the on the business as a whole?
0: Um, overall, I think it's great for the business. Um, with the WWE, I'm a huge fan, always be a fan. But they're... Now, I'm not going to say... I'm going to say up until SummerSlam, WWE's programming was very, very stale. It got to the point where... I just DVR'd it and I'll watch it the next day and it was the same old eat, sleep, repeat scenarios, very stale content and I knew they had to make a change and they did, they hired uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, Um, obviously you now know Paul Heyman's running Raw, Bischoff is running Smackdown and you can see a difference in the writing now. Uh, We're back to the off, out of the ring promos, we're back to soap opera storytelling the who done it? The um, you know the Roman Reigns storyline of who's trying to hurt him and um, things of that nature. They brought back the King of the Ring last week. They brought back Jerry Lawler. So these are like little tidbits. I know this is Heyman's way of doing business, uh, where he's adding that flair again to um, you know oh what's going to happen next? And that's exactly what's going on. So kudos to them for doing that. On the flip side, AEW big fan as well. What Cody Rhodes has done. He's taken independent wrestlers um, and just gone back, gone back, gone backwards. What's old is new again. Is what I'm trying to say. Is there's a brief storyline and there's ultimately great wrestling, and that's what they're putting out. The Kenny Omega storylines, um, you know, Cody Rhodes that the brother versus brother match that I still have taped is just to me probably one of the greatest stories ever told. Um, and ring of honor all them i thought ring of honor pulled off the upset of the century with securing madison square garden um that is wwe's backyard their their home field and for them to sell out in x amount of time it's it's just great for the sport it's great to have with nxt i've been nxt live shows nxt they're doing the same thing as well they're what's old is new again it's triple h's baby triple h is my generation there's a story and there's a match and NXT, I mean the Matt Riddles and all those guys over there—they're just unbelievable athletes. And I just think it's great for the sport. It's giving everybody an opportunity now to. Okay, we're just not regulated to one programming of WWE. We now have NXT, which is going to be on USA September 18th, and of course AEW is coming on. Was it TNT starting in October? Yeah. They've sold out tons of places now, including Boston. They're coming to coming to Boston. Are the, you going? Manus Arena. Yep, and they sold out, too. So it's just been incredible. I think it's great for the sport. Um, I'm a wrestling fan through and through. I've been regulated to WWE programming my whole life. I'm obviously privy to that, but that being, half these guys that are wrestling now in AEW were or were on their way to WWE, and this is where they ended up, and it's just great. The great exposure for them, and I think I think it's making a comeback. I think wrestling will be... Uh, just right up there with all the other sports again because of the exposure and the amount of um, opportunities and different venues we get to see. So I think it's great for the sport.
1: I uh, j- Just to go back to Heyman and Bischoff taking over, I couldn't, believe, sure. I couldn't believe people two weeks in saying there's no difference, but they weren't actually in place at that time.
0: Yeah, I think when they made the announcement prior to SummerSlam, people wanted that change right away because they yeah. were excited that was happening. Bishop didn't take over, I think, until I want to say a week after SummerSlam. Yeah. and Heyman's, Heyman's always been backstage with Brock Lesnar or with that storyline. So he made little changes, but you could see the difference now. Absolutely. I mean, I just got through watching watching last night. It's just a good flow of action. The street profits announcing the matches. I mean, that's a that's a simple thing when you think about it. You take two talented guys who have some type of charisma, all they're doing is telling you what's coming up and what's going to happen. That's all they're doing. But the way Heyman has them doing it, it's must-see TV. It's it's a great thing. I mean, I know people that are they, they text me during the show and they're like, Joe, you watch this? I can't believe I'm watching them. They're doing something so simple. I go, oh, that's Paul Heyman. That's what he does. He, he's a genius in that area, and that's exactly what he's doing. I mean, now I'm watching it from 8 to 11 uh, uh, as opposed to, Watching the first ten minutes, going okay, same old stuff again, and turning it off and watching it the next day on DVR. Now I'm watching it, so there is a definite change, different different vibe backstage. Um, of course, I you know I'm friends with Road Dog, and um, he's obviously moved on to NXT now, but he sees a difference in the programming, and he knows he's on the inside looking out as well, and he's seen a difference. And even the backstage, uh, people are excited again; they want to be on TV again, and that's huge because. Before, like, it was eat, sleep, repeat, and that just makes for a stale product. So, hopefully, they continue in this direction. Clash of the Champions looks unbelievable. You know, this Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins storyline, this tag team champ slash they're going to be fighting one another. is just unbelievable. What? A, who would have thought? I, I don't even know how that's possible, but that's the first time in wrestling history I've seen that. <laughs> so, it's pretty cool.
1: I think um, with AEW as well, I was listening to Tony Khan. Uh, I think it was on... Yeah. The- I think it was on Stone Cold's podcast. Okay. And uh, he just said, we will allow talent to work for other companies. I'm sorry, say that again? They're going to allow their talent to work for other companies still. They won't be exclusive to AEW. they're,
0: They're independent. So, you know, I think that helps them because when you put on, well, you know, they're going to be a weekly franchise now. So you're going to have at least one day a week to be wrestling for AEW. But um, even around here, we get independent wrestlers and so forth from AEW um, that come around. So it is kind of unique that they're able to wrestle for, you know, I want to say subcontract themselves out to other promotions, which is kind of neat. That just helps the fans. It's good exposure for them.
1: He also said, um, just little bits I took from it, he said uh, they'll only be on the road three, three, four days a week, you know, when AEW's full throttle.
0: Right yeah i mean like i said they don't want to fall into that WWE thing no nope. so what they're doing is they you know tony khan's smart he's a businessman he owns the jacksonville jaguars so he understands you know the need to you know injuries occur we all know that i mean poor john moxley here with his mercy that return he had to pull out of aew but um you know he'll be healthy enough to hit the road running when they go on the air on tnt in october so you know, they want to keep their, their wrestlers fresh, they want to keep them happy, so what, what better way to do that than just to let them, you know, yeah. do create their own schedule. So, all the, all the
1: power to Tony, that's awesome. I'm not being biased about the replacement, but I tell you what, Pac, the bastard, is going to have a good match with Omega.
0: Yeah, that's going to be great. Now, he Pac's all healed up, right? Wasn't he hurt for some
1: time? Did yeah, he's... He did. Yeah. Um, he did a show. He was actually injured on a on a yeah. show on a show in Liverpool for a company that yeah. I, I've been to. Uh, I think the injury occurred then. Although he did have a match with Hangman um, for yeah. another for another company elsewhere in the country. I think it was at the TNT show where he had the injury. Yeah. Uh, but they. I lo- sorry.
0: No, I, no, I, I love Pac. I mean, I, I mean, I. I'll- I know him as Neville Yeah um, But he was just incredible When I saw him live The moves he was doing I tell you right now One match I'd like to see Even though i would probably never see it Ricochet versus him That'd be an unbelievable match It would
1: be mate.
0: Those two are very reminiscent In-ring qualities Flying around and everything I'd love to see that match That'd be great
1: It's superb He was uh, I tell you what He had some good He had some good matches With AJ Styles Back like 13 Oh wow, yeah 13 years ago over here Wow um, They're wow. They're on They're on YouTube
0: I've to check that out. I, I do know AJ Styles still hasn't done a lot of his finishing moves that he's done over the years. <laughs> I think the WWE is holding him back on that. Yeah. he's got like five or six killer finishing moves, and you know we've we've only seen maybe one or two of them. So um, I'd like to see him pick it up a notch and let him ex- expand a little bit because that'd be kind of neat to see that. Because I love AJ Styles. I think he's one of the outsiders who came into the WWE, paid his dues. Um, just like Anderson and Gallows and them. So I'd like to see him uh, continue to, to flourish in the WWE.
1: Thank God uh, Gallows and Anderson are back with him as well. They're actually yeah. uti- utilizing them guys, finally.
0: Yeah, they were great. I mean, I saw them at house shows, and I always said, why aren't they on TV? Why aren't they yeah. on TV that's so good? And, you know, I guess finally they had it out with Vince, and they finally got some exposure, and they're running with it. So... Like to see Finn Balor hook up with him again? That'd be nice. <laughs> it would.
1: Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, when they're ready for undisputed era to come up to main roster, they're going to do something
0: with him. That'd be nice. That'd be good. It will be. be really
1: good. I yeah. look forward I'd like to. to see
0: him. Awesome.
1: They need to. Uh, we need to get the factions back to the. They need to do a bit more with the factions. I think.
0: Do you know that the factions are um, Bishop's favorite quality? Yeah, you know that.
1: I'd, he yeah, loves absolutely. the
0: factions, so if you, if you're going to see those factions, I would not be surprised if they were on SmackDown. Would not be surprised one bit. Like to see that. That'd be really good. Be good for the sport.
1: Who who else? Uh, who else do you like? The look of in AEW? Just to go back to AEW. Sure. Who else? Who else do I like? Yeah, who's who's floating your boat?
0: Um, to be honest with you, I think when he's healthy and he's making a comeback, I love Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, um, he's got he's got a good story. I know his age is getting up there, but like I said, with him and Cody, that brother versus brother storyline was unbelievable. I don't think it would have worked without either one of them in that. Um, Kenny Omega, I love him. He does a great job uh, promos, and the new guy there. You know, forgive me if I forget his name. Is it MJF? It is, is
1: that his name.
0: It is, my He is. He's got a future. He is the epitome of you know. I don't want to call him the Miz part two, but. This guy can talk and wrestle, and that is what AEW needs. And they need to let this guy go. I mean, flourish. They need to let him do what he got, got to do because he's. I think he's what part of the future as well. And you can't, of course, overlook Chris Jericho
1: because
0: um, he's he's part of the deal too. But I, out of all those guys, they're gonna that company's gonna be going somewhere soon. So
1: MJF, man,
0: him with him. MJF, yep.
1: twenty three years of age, it's crazy. Yeah. He's so old already He doesn't even look
0: 23 No He doesn't even look 23 He looks like he's 30 years old He's been doing this for 20 years I love it And that's what they need They need a guy like that
1: Keeping in character For interviews as well Uh, You know obviously Yeah It's it's brilliant It's like the old days
0: Yeah It's exactly Like I said What's old is new again It's coming around It's a generation thing It's going to come around People want to go back And this is what they're doing And I think it's great I think it's great for the sport
1: Cool man I uh I like the fact that he's still allowed to wrestle for MLW as well because he's done some good stuff yeah. there. He's done he's done some brilliant stuff with uh, the Dynasty, obviously going against yep. the uh, New Heart Foundation. So, yeah, just yeah. I like the fact they're allowed to work elsewhere as well. It's good. Yeah,
0: and just no, not to overlook the women too, but you gotta you gotta put your tip your hat to uh, Tess Blanchard. She's unbelievable. Uh, Impact has her. But I'd like to see her flourish somewhere else. Hopefully soon, if she ever gets a chance to, to leave there, because I think she's the future as well. She she's unbelievable in the ring. She's wrestling guys. And yeah, man, that's incredible. That's incredible. It is. I just love it. I'd love to see that. With, I, wherever she goes, she's going to be a star. Um, you know, I've seen her just on um, videos and so forth, and just what I've seen is just incredible. So you got to give kudos to her as well.
1: Especially you know th- this day and age as well. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's it's uh it's superb. Uh, so Joe, but I, but I, Joe, what have you got coming up in the future? Are you going to any conventions or anything?
0: Well, yep, yeah, I'll be affiliated with the New England Fan Fest later on next year. That's in the spring. That's held. Up. That's um put on by a guy named Joseph Braun. He's got a lot of guys coming. A lot of old timers. The Samoans, Bill After, all those guys will be there again. Um, I actually met Brutus Beefcake there last year. He was great. He did a what a day shout out. Um, I will be actually working for NWW Extreme Wrestling here. Um, it's a local promotion. I'm going to be doing ring announcing. We have a show coming up September 21st called Raising Hell. It'll yep. be held in Winshawka, Rhode Island. You probably don't even know where that is. but It's a town 50 miles south from here, from where I am. Um, uh, James Allen, who heads that up, he's owned the company since 2003. He used to, be, he used to wrestle. He's been in the business 20 years used to be called Trooper Gilmore. He actually bought the company and this past summer we he decided to take the company a new direction and he hired me as well as a couple of other guys on. Um, so we're gonna do a lot more marketing and promotion and so forth like that. So but we have Impact Star Fallabar coming in. Yeah. Um, the Tokyo Monster Higashi's coming. So we have some good good talent coming up September twenty first, but I'll be ring announcing for that um and then of course i flip it over to the boxing side of things i don't know if you know i do ring announcing for boxing
1: no I didn't
0: rocky Marciano. we have the rocky marciano tournament coming up in october november and december yeah um it's usually five nights of uh bouts which each night people get eliminated and they move on it's a tournament it's been going on since rocky marciano was alive back in the 60s um that's run by the capiello's over here but this is um, a great venue for great amateur boxing, future professional fighters come through these ranks, and it's great that I get to introduce these guys, because they love the way I do it, and they get all excited, and some of these guys will be man-eventers from not, to, not too far down the road, so that's good exposure for them and myself. I try to keep busy, um, so that's what I'll be up to for the next few months.
1: <laughs> that's brilliant. I, I like the fact... I've been able to speak about all your other projects and not just wrestling, which obviously that's what we're about, but it's cool to get you talking about all the stuff you're doing. I think it's brilliant that, you know, you're doing the boxing side, you're doing the entertainment news, you cover the other sports. It's just brilliant. Fair play. Yep.
0: It's
1: all about the voice, right? It's all about the voice. Aren't you a voiceover artist? Yes, I do voiceovers too
0: for commercials and stuff.
1: I've done those in the past as well, yep. It's, I've got to tip my hat to you, being able to do all the things that you do. Yeah, well,
0: I'll actually have to you the promo for the wrestling event coming up. I do the voiceover for it, so you have to hear that
1: one. You'll have to, you'll have to send it over to my podcast page and the uh, website.
0: Definitely. I will. I'll definitely do that.
1: Plug it, plug it for my international audience. There you go. That's what and we'll the be. same
0: as you. The same for you as well. I'm going to get to plug you over here too.
1: Thank you very much. It means a lot to me. That it really does. No
0: problem. No problem. Thanks for
1: having me, Joe. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to definitely get you on again, especially after all the conventions and stuff have happened. Oh, definitely. We'll do. We'll get together again. Um, it's been brilliant. Just thank you for coming on, mate. It means the world to me that you've come on today. No, well, I appreciate the
0: time and you have a great day over there in Wales.
1: Thank you very much. So the host right, of what get- a day, Joe Lowry. Thanks very much for coming on for episode 10 of Stew's wrestling podcast.
0: Thanks Stu, you have a
1: great
0: day. Take care, mate.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.